You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. What's going on, U.S. Cellular customers? I've got good news, so don't hit skip, at least not yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What is Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like $1,200 off any phone plus $300 off any tablet. No, I didn't just misread that. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular exclusive offers just for you, just to say thank you. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get $1,200 off any phone plus $300 off any tablet. Terms apply. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man who is inside. Pull back, we tell him to take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows. He goes right by this and feels inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. We are live on YouTube and Twitter here on a Friday night, a little Friday night lights edition of the show. We got Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. Jacob, how was your day, brother? Man, crazy day at work. Had a wedding catering for like 250 people. Then Wisconsin, Western Wisconsin has had a, a lot of really weird storms the last like two weeks. So we got crushed by another one just a couple minutes before we actually started. Now it's like sunshine, bright. It's weird. <laughs> hey, it's been hot up there too, hasn't it? Yes, dude. My air, my air conditioning is not working very well. If you guys always see me, I'm wiping the sweat off my face it's ridiculous it's awesome <laughs> yeah if everything goes as planned we're going to have mike wall on the show here tomorrow morning we're going to be breaking down some offensive line tape and he's out in san diego and yes. uh he's going to hop on early for a little early morning edition and just hearing the weather out there is making me furious it sounds like there's little little to no humidity absolutely gorgeous he's about a block from the ocean little ocean breeze awesome. blowing in so I'm jealous as all get out. But, yeah, when I heard you guys were up uh, near 100 degrees, I was like, okay, maybe it ain't so bad down here. But what we're going to do tonight, guys, I appreciate everybody hopping on. Um, we're just going to kind of talk about the first week of camp, right? We're going to kind of break that down. We got a little bit of news uh, that broke not too long ago. I think Jacob's going to be very upset about. Oh, I already and, know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> then we'll kind of lay out the schedule for the rest of the camp and all that good stuff. But I thought there'd be no better way to kind of kick this uh, this whole segment off, just just kind of recapping camp, if you will, for the, the first two practices um, than having Ryan on. 
If you guys aren't, I'm sure you are. I shouldn't even say it. But for those of you on YouTube, if you don't know about the Packernet podcast, everywhere you get your podcast, just search Packernet podcast. It's where you can find this podcast as well. It'll be attached to that same label. But um, he's been doing camp updates, and he's just been following um, anyone who's who's anyone really at, at camp. You know, people like Andy Herman, Paul Brettel, on and on and on. And when people give camp updates, he does a podcast where he just breaks it down kind of – I don't know how you feel, Jacob, but when Ryan breaks the uh, the camp updates down, it's just bang, 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 straight to the point. You can listen to those podcasts and get every single detail you need from camp practice. Um, it's just – it's been great. So let's do this, man. He's actually on the line, looks like. I'm going to go to Ryan here. Let's We'll check the audio. We got Mr. Pack Daddy himself, Ryan Schlipp from the Packernet Podcast. Uh, Ryan, can you hear us, brother? Yeah, I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of creepy with no video, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's I figured weird. it was like an there was like an ambiance to it, you know. Like I'm calling, I'm calling on the road. I got this thing that I'm doing or something. I'm, I'm right, heading yeah. out to I'm heading out to the stadium to talk to Jordan Love. <laughs> exactly. We'll we'll roll with it. We'll roll with it. <laughs> All right, dude. We're gonna. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You're raising 45 children. Like you said, you're probably dropping 42. In <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I just wanted to kind of get your update on camp, man. I've been listening to the podcast, but for those for those here on YouTube that maybe haven't caught it, um, you know, we're what two practices in? I, I guess it's just been two practices. Is that right? Two and a half. Two, two and a half, two and three quarters. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I want to do is just kind of get your take, man, and, and really just break it down into three questions. Uh, first things first, offense. Um, what's kind of stood out to you on offense, man? How do you think the offense is performing? Um, any any news and notes that just first thing comes to mind for you, bro? Well, I think the best thing is the jump from day one to day two. Um, day one was just seemingly like a disaster. Uh, day two, I, I was a little surprised that it was it, apparently very obvious that they lost the day. I thought it would have been a little bit closer in day two. Uh, not just Jordan Love, but Christian Watson got off to a slow start day one, and day two it looked like it got a lot better. Uh, a couple guys did take a step back. I think Musgrave and Malik Heath in particular kind of had a rough rough day too. But um, no, I mean, it's you know, it's kind of what you would expect. The, the defense has got a lot of guys, but also a lot of experience. They're ready to roll the offense. This is what we've been saying for a long time. It's going to take a while for them to get acclimated, and that's kind of what we're seeing. But seeing such a big jump in one day uh, gives me hope that Hopefully by sometime, maybe next week, we got the offense making the defense do push-ups. <laughs> I was just about to mention that, man. I'll tell you what, we're offense is cutting weight like crazy. If you guys haven't heard, <laughs> um, whoever wins the, uh, they've got you know, I guess specific segments of the practice, and you know, whichever one wins, whether it's offense or defense, the other side has to do some kind of calisthenics, right? The first thing I always think of, Ryan, I'm sure you've seen it, Jake. I'm sure the movie Major League. Remember when? when they were making them do some extra work and Roger Dorn got mad, brung his contract. And I imagine if Aaron was still in camp, he would walk over there with his contract saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm not required to do any extra calisthenics. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, that's uh, basically the, the other thing too, that really caught my attention was they said Devondre Campbell was like coaching them on doing their pushups. Like, so he's like <laughs> standing over them. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, man, there's some people that are going, oh, that's stupid, or that's so high schoolish, on and on and on, right? But you know what? You, you you're gonna get tired of losing. And yeah. to me, that's what this this young offense needs, man, is a kick in the rear end. And and I think they would agree. You know, you don't hear them complaining about it, right? Um, which is cool. I think it's a I think it's a good move by Lafleur to kind of shake things up and say, hey, look, this is gonna be a different camp this year. The whole 
fun-loving hippie days of, hey, look, let's all relax or over. It's time to get to work. I'm excited about it. Um, all right, defense, man. You know, obviously they're shining again this year like they did last year. Everybody, Everybody's immediately trying to go, hey, look, listen, guys. We heard this last year, right? Everybody was saying mm. this was going to be a top five, top ten defense, and we know it didn't really shake out like that, although they did finish strong there toward the end of the year. Um, what stood out to you on defense so far, Ryan? Well, I just like that everything so far has been pretty positive. I mean, Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, Colby Wooden in particular along the defensive line have already been flashing. Uh, all the linebackers, you know, occasionally a, a pass will get caught on one of the linebackers, but these guys have just been phenomenal through camp. Jair is just a force to be reckoned with. I don't, I don't think he's given up a single pass. One of the things that I I didn't know, um, you know, uh, that, that interception that uh, Jordan threw – it made it sound like it was just kind of tipped at the line, maybe an ill-advised throw in traffic. And just, you know, really what it was is he was hitting Christian on a comeback. It hit him in the chest, but Jair wrapped around, looked like he punched the ball. So, um, I mean, that that was not the impression I got from what I was hearing. But, I mean, it was just a phenomenal play by Jair. So it, it really helped alleviate a little bit of that, dang it, man, there goes that first pick or whatever. Because, you know, even though maybe he shouldn't have thrown it, 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 it really just wasn't as bad as I thought. But... No, I mean, the, the defense looks fired up. They're playing, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the pads to come on because I feel like there's going to be some serious energy with this defense. They're already talking trash. You know, you got Razul Douglas as childish as it might have been. He gave up that touchdown in super tight cover. I mean, that was the other one. Do you see the video of that? Or maybe that's the one you sent me. Um, the I touchdown with, with Razul right there. Man, oh, man, he was I, – I don't even know how he caught that. That was in such a tight window. Razul was so mad he goes over, kicks over a garbage can. <laughs> so <laughs> – so it was um, Razul that kicked over the garbage can? I think so, yeah. I think it was Razul that kicked the garbage can over and then just let some old man clean up all the garbage. But <laughs> That's what's but funny, no, man. It's, it, it's piecing it together, piecing the whole story together, because I seen the tweet originally with the garbage on the sidewalk or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, why would somebody tweet that out? It's so stupid. Then I heard on your podcast you say somebody kicked the can over, and I'm going, it makes sense. Now. Yeah, yeah. He, he was so mad he gave up that touchdown. He walked over, kicked the garbage can over. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I just I think the defense is looking real good, and um, I'm I'm just I think the biggest thing I'm excited about offense and defense is these guys that are kind of on the bubble and like who's going to end up winning those jobs or whatever. There's a lot of those positions. I'm like moving guys up and down. I'm just real excited to see how these materialize and how hard these guys are fighting. Every day I'm swapping who's who's in and who's out because you know one minute this guy you know Patrick Taylor, the next minute Tyler Goodson, like day two he was tearing it up. So. Um, that's been the most fun for me to uh, to track so far. Yeah, it, it, I don't know, man. It just it's a whole different energy around this team. We've said yeah. it over and over and over, and it's really really cool. It's uh, you, you, we really don't know what to expect, and that's what's so exciting about going into this year. And, and speaking of not knowing, you know, what to expect. Well, first of all, let me say this. You know, you mentioned, um, you know, coming up on Monday. I believe they're going to put the pads on on Monday. Is that right? Yep. That's exciting. That's when that's when you're going to start to separate be fun. the men from the boys there. And you know, I what I expect to see happen there are these guys who have that quote unquote game speed are going to start to pop. I really believe yeah. that. I think Musgrave will start to pop a little bit, um, just simply because we we heard about that. You know, that speed he was clocked at in pads on the field. Um, I think that's going to start to shine a little bit. I'm hearing that Quay Walker, which uh, shout out to Quay, uh, Michael Lombardi had him as a red chip linebacker. Um, this year so he progressed to the red chip 
Last year, he had Devondre Campbell as a blue chip, but of course, with the injury, he tends to just fade those guys off the list. If the if the year before he didn't see on tape, hey, look, this is a blue chip player. It's not a knock against Devondre as much as it was, hey, we know he wasn't healthy. Even when he was on the field, he wasn't healthy. But I thought that was really cool. What Lombardi was saying, Ryan, was that when he went back and watched the tape, especially toward the end of the year, what he seen with Quay, he really, really flashed on film. And it's yeah. what we seen when we watched the tape. Now, he missed some tackles, but we know he made a ton of tackles too. But you you constantly kind of seen him in the right spot. You could see his athleticism get him to the right spot. It's just finishing those and being a little more technically sound. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this defense, especially with Devontae Wyatt. That's my pick this year, man. I, I'm going to watch him like a hawk. I think that dude is is going to flash this year big time. Um, what would you say, Ryan, before we let you go, man, what do you think is the biggest surprise so far? I know, I know it's just two and a half practices. I got it. But what comes to mind when I say what has surprised you so far? Has any, any one person just kind of went, okay, that was a pleasant surprise. Anything come to mind? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, there's one negative surprise that I don't want to talk about, but let's see if I can think of something else. <laughs> hey, you can be negative. Let's do it. The, the, the one thing that that made me sick is after this little three quarters practice that we got today, um, I officially did move Tucker Craft below Tyler Davis on the depth chart. <gasps> um, I did. I didn't want to have to do it, but what? I have not heard Tucker Craft's name one time in OTAs and training camp. Nothing. And Tyler Davis. Is getting opportunities with the ones when Tucker Craft is not. So. Um, it makes me sad, but I'm maybe that's one of those things too, where you get the pads on, get a little bit of physicality going. Tucker Craft is going to start to shine. I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to hear. I want to hear like one pass, one touchdown, once to just kind of get that spark because I, I just I just have not really heard his name. Um, obviously, Jonathan Garvin, maybe maybe not a shock, but him leaving that early um, was a little bit surprising. I thought that would be like a last minute down to the wire. You know, we've got. 55 guys left and then he ends up getting getting gone he's the second one after jeff cotton to get cut so um yeah, yeah and, I, I seen that unfold ryan don't mean to cut you off but yep. the first thing that came to mind when, when they cut jonathan garvin which i had it in the notes here to talk about you guys know garvin was a seventh round pick there a few years ago um he has been cut i know jacob is ap absolutely devastated by this <laughs> cut seeing that he had uh, about a, I don't know what about thirteen percent attendance rate for the off season program this year. But <laughs> I know it's, it's, the thing uh, I kept bit. noticing though was Brenton Cox Jr. in the drills yeah. going right alongside some of the starters, and I'm going, I don't know, man. That's the one I'm excited about. Yeah, uh, seeing what he does. Have you heard his name at all, Ryan? I guess he's running with the threes and fours, probably right. Yeah, so far uh, he is. I think um, the the only note I saw on Brenton Cox is that he lost a rep to Tenuta. So that's that's all I got on Brenton Cox, but you know, I, again, the the trenches in particular too. When the pads come on, that's when it'll start to get more interesting. I think right now it's just a little, they're they're, they're just playing patty cake. So we'll see what happens when the pads go on. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's like I said, that's when it gets good, man. We're gonna have yeah. pads popping yep. over. Oh my god, it's gonna be awesome, dude. Absolutely. And this is what I was saying. Like people. Some people, they kind of approach us and go, well, I just want to see the pads come on. Then the pads come on. I just want to get the preseason. Yeah, pre exactly. I just want to get regular season. For me, it's like, what's next? What do we got next? Yeah. This is exciting, you know? Um, I don't know. I'm just I, – I guess I'm just a kid at heart when it comes to football, dude. I get so excited about this stuff. So anything else you want to share before we let you go, man? I really appreciate it. It was short, um, short notice, and you hopped on here just to kind of give us your initial thoughts on the first two and a half uh, days of practice. Jacob, if you have any questions, fire away. But, Ryan, do you have anything else? 
No, man, I just, you know, again, we only got two days, and uh, there's a lot of things, like, moving around. Like, I've got my little chart here, and, and just in these two and a half days, we've had a lot of moving and move mobility. So I think over the next week, with releases, other cuts, and uh, some other names popping up, this is going to be moving around a lot. Yeah. I Good do job. have one, one comment, not necessarily a question, <laughs> but it, it does uh -oh. show a little bit how ruthless the game of football can be. Not only did Garvin get released today, today is his birthday. <laughs> Yes, and the Packers took yeah. the time to actually say happy birthday about 15 minutes before they <laughs> released him. So that's a thing. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with that social media team? Dude, like, I'm, I'm, either that somebody or should have tipped like, them off. Yeah. Or it's ah, that, that they, they really had a problem with the Garvin or something like Brian Gutekunst. They, they, they were going to cut him a few days ago, and they're like, no, 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 no. Let's wait, wait for his freaking birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy birthday, bro. Hit the unemployment line. Yeah. God, it's horrible, dude. It's horrible. I really do honestly feel a little bad, but why you gotta point that out, man? Hey, Ryan, get out of here, dude. Thank you. Thank you for your time, man. We right, you guys it. take care. See you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. I, I can't believe I didn't even catch that. On his birthday. Yeah, happy bro. birthday. Get out. Pack get your out <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. He'll he'll probably no, get picked up somewhere, and he's probably a practice yeah. squad. You know, one of those guys that I could see him bringing back for practice squad. You know, potentially later on. Um, but I don't know, man. I think it I think it says something about Brenton Cox. To be honest with you, man. I've, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's that's the that's the first thing that came to mind for me, and and I don't know, maybe it's just wishful thinking. But so, like we said, Jonathan Carvin released on his birthday. God love him. Um, got the first padded, padded practice coming up on Monday. Now, I did want to say this, uh, you know, with Ryan, he's hopefully he'll hop on with us if he's still listening. The plan is to have – oh, man, I had something I wanted to share here too that he – we'll still share it here in a second. Um, hopefully he'll jump on with us Sunday for the weekly recap because we will ha be having a practice on Saturday. Ain't that right, Jacob? Or haven't yeah, we? Yep. Yeah, and I believe it's more. open to media and public, right? Nice, good stuff. So we'll get a bunch more uh, Big B and his bootleg vi uh, videos over there. I think, I think because he's underage, they're letting it slide. But I'm telling you, that boy, <laughs> he's been letting them fly, man. For those of you who don't know, it's supposed to be. I don't even want to say it. I don't want to put any extra, <laughs> any extra attention on it. But we got Jake Shavin in the house. Let's see what do, he says. Is he doing that? All right. Is he doing that, <laughs> Jake? <laughs> so Jake Shavin said. Brenton Cox staying straight would be would be real nice for them. So again, she said. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, that would be great if we could keep him out of the clink. You know, that would uh, that would vote well. But I don't know, man. I want to see him in preseason, that, and that's what I was saying about preseason games. I really enjoy Jacob. Is just, just seeing some of those lower level guys get out there and get an opportunity. It's, it's, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun for sure. This is what I was going to share with Ryan on here. I'm going to go ahead and do it right here. He tweeted this out. I, God, I wish I had done. I wanted to get his, his laughing reaction. He shared this. Can you see this? <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you on the pod, you know, they got these little, I don't even know what you'd call this, a chart, a graph, or whatever, where you can kind of rate the players, right? You kind of rank them. People can customize it themselves. And, and he's, he did the quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks across the NFL. And the top column is MVP. Second one is uh, Pro Bowl, third above average, then average, below average, and then trash. In the MVP column, or, or section, I should say, we got Jordan Love and Patrick Mahomes. And then we'll just, you know, like a Pro Bowl, you got your uh, your Josh Allen, your, your Jalen Hurts, your Joe Burrow, 
then above average Aaron and a couple, you know, a bunch of others. Then all the way at the bottom, trash is <laughs> Justin Fields, the only one in that column, <laughs> all by himself. And I'm telling you, if you go follow that tweet, Lord have mercy, it got ugly in there quick. Ugly, Jacob. Uh, the Bears fans came flying in. Then, of course, the people that are the quote unquote Packer fans who are rooting against Jordan Love, they came flying. I can't believe you got it. It's like, bro, you really don't think he's saying he's going to be MVP, right? Like, calm down. Everybody, <laughs> calm down. Calm down. All right. Jake in the chat says, This is excellent use of tear maker for engagement. Ah, there you go. That's, That's exactly what's going on. And clicks. Pack Daddy like this right here. I'm telling you. <laughs> when they zig, he zags. That's the way it works. Um, all right, Jacob. Day one of camp, man. Um, I love following Andy Herman, and you hear Ryan reference him probably more than anyone when it comes yeah. to camp updates. Day one of camp, he said his uh, players of the day, I guess is how he worded it. Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, and Devondre Campbell. I'm going to tell you right now, man, I expected out of Jair, really out of all three, but hearing that Kenny Clark and Devondre Campbell are on top of their game, right in the center of that defense, gets me really, really excited. Um, what do you think about, you know, kind of Andy Herman's day one tweets, updates? What stood, what stood out to you? Same questions I asked to Ryan, man. What kind of flash to you? could be offense, defense, special teams, anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the biggest one we have to talk about is Jordan Love not necessarily being on his game, you know, quote, unquote. Um, there was talk about a lot of wind, um, but LaFleur kind of seemed to poo-poo that in a way that was, um, I wouldn't say negative, but maybe just like, I'm not giving this guy an excuse kind of thing. And I thought that was a good move um, to just kind of get out there and say, I expect more. And from the sounds of it, it definitely got a lot better in the day two. But as far as the day one stuff, you know, we had maybe some some talks about some drops, which you don't want to hear about it. But again, it's day one. So uh, there was some Watson stuff, some Musgrave stuff, I believe. Um, I think the de defense definitely showed out. Like you said, they were doing, I think it was push-ups one time and up-downs the other time where they lost the quote-unquote battles. So um, you know, it, I don't want to read too much into it. We have to cover it, obviously the good and the bad, but like you said, it's great to see Jair doing what Jair does. It's good to see the defense really having that confidence. And it's, it's a weird mind mental game. If going into this off season, like we talked about, everything's different this year. So many things. And obviously the biggest one is not having Aaron Rodgers there. Aaron Rodgers was the lead alpha dog, his mentality, his demeanor, his, personality kind of led i would argue the whole yeah. pace of practices otas uh, on field off field interviews i mean everything was basically ran through him as the main guy and i'm just wondering if now this whole team has taken a different identity from the defense to the offense to obviously love himself to people like jair feeling like well i'm I'm the lead alpha now, you know what I mean? Or even Devondre or like you said, Kenny, um, a lot of these guys, because I would say we obviously have a lot more, I wouldn't say talent, but experience and guys that are, you know, first round draft picks on that defensive side of the ball, they've got a lot to prove. And, and maybe they feel like, Hey, we're now, I think of like a Ravens team, a Steelers team where it's like the defense is more of the, the few times where a defense really is like the leaders are the leaders. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited to see if maybe that's a new era of football in green Bay. Imagine if, if we do have like a top five, top three defense, can you just oh, imagine that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It would be, it would be phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I was listening to a Dornell Savage, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think interview is the right word. You know, they were in the locker room and Savage was talking about Joe Barry and, and it, you know, it sounds like that defense has Joe Barry's back. 
Like, yeah. and, and, and Savage even said, you know, Coach Barry kind of came to them and was like, all right, how do you guys want to play this? How do you want to approach it? And and Savage just came right out and said it was like, we told him we want to be aggressive. We want to be up on the line. We want to be aggressive all the way across the ball. Like, So they're really pushing Barry to, like, turn them loose, you know. Yeah. And you got to understand the the pros and cons to that, right? You know, the whole, the whole purpose of this, and I've been studying the absolute hell out of this quarters man match, um, you know, match zone, zone drop everything all together. I've really, really been studying the crap out of it. I've been studying Nick Saban's cover seven. I've been studying Fangio's version of it, all of the different man principles that go within this cover four quarters defense. And um, even, you know, the, the spinner aspect, everything. And, you know, the whole thing that makes that defense go is you're not giving up the big play. And it's like everybody's pushing Barry to go, let's go aggressive, let's go aggressive, let's go aggressive. And they may do it. Just understand the pros and cons. They may do it and come out and have a top five defense. It may happen. But just understand when they get beat deep, they get beat deep. That's the negative aspect of it, you know. So I hope you see a little bit of a blend of it. And, and I think it's cool that Barry's giving them a little bit of say, man. I really do. I think it's awesome that, that he's kind of approaching it that way and letting them, you know, have some say in how they're going to play it. Now it doesn't mean they're going to switch to man coverage that like we, you know, like Dusty Evely said over and over and over, that's not a thing in the NFL. Now it's just not, it's not just, okay, we're going to play man coverage. Now it just does. The closest thing to it is Bill Belichick and he still mixes in zone. Right. Um, and he likes to play that bullseye type defense. We got a caller on the line. We got Tim in green Bay. Tim, you got us, bub. Clayton, I'm here. Can you hear me? We got you, man. Loud and clear. My Johnny cash, bro. How you been doing today? Man, doing good, brother. I had to run and catch my Wi-Fi signal. I was out in the garage, and uh, I saw the link pop in, so I made a scramble up the driveway and ran into the house. So I'm glad you can hear me. No, absolutely, dude. Hey, you've been at camp, right? We've seen the the uh, the pictures and stuff. You took a picture with Quay out there and had some great shots on the sideline as far as the, the legal steal shots that you're allowed to shoot, right? Um, which <laughs> kind of leads me to this. I guess everybody's talking about it. It's become a new joke on Twitter. I'm just going to anyway. 2 for this in the chat says, has Big B been kicked out of camp yet? I hope not. We need the coverage. So um, what's it been like that, man, down there, man? Uh, tell us kind of what the energy's been like on the sideline over at Ray Nitschke Field. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's a polar opposite energy that I felt last summer when I was up here. Um, like you had alluded to, you know, kind of this laid back, laissez-faire approach is definitely not what we're seeing there. Um, I can tell you I heard a lot of F-bombs from the coaching staff. <laughs> I heard a lot of F-bombs, and I mean, I'll, I mean, especially from Luke Buckus. That's all I'll say. He's a he's a no, local. Surely not a Buckus out there cussing, right? <laughs> Are you there, man? Uh-oh, we may have lost him. We lost him. That was it. He didn't like my. He said f bombs. We got canceled. Yeah. Oh, no. right there. oh here oh, he is. Here he is. We're back. I'm here. I'm here. All right. <laughs> there we go. All right. We All heard right. you talk about Luke Buckus's uh, f bombs. That's when you cut out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he wasn't the only coach though, so I'm not going to throw him under the bus. But you know, you got a young <laughs> team. You're going to have you're going to have some frustration. I've got a few shots of Joe Barry with his hands on his hips. Um, you know, I'd like to spend a lot of time on the, the defensive side of the field. I've made my uh, my bias towards the defensive side of football known. Um, so I gravitate over there. But, uh, yeah, Clayton, to answer your question, man, the uh, 
the vibe is great in Green Bay. It really is. And it you can see it. I mean, on the field and off the field, whether it's the players, the staff, the fans, there's just a different I, I can't really put my finger on it, you know. It's you know, one of the intangibles of the game that you you can't really uh point it out, but you can feel it. Gotcha. Um, let me ask you this, man. I I know you had uh we've been talking offline and and you got some, I mean, some some great bird's eye view of Lucas Van Ness, right? What yeah, was yeah. your uh what was your initial takeaway uh, you know, when when just watching him go through drills? Like what what's the first thing that kind of comes to mind when it comes to the rookie Van Ness? Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is coachability. He is extremely coachable. And uh, that, I mean, I'm not an expert, but that's the read I got. Because when I was watching uh, Coach Montgomery working with them, he was, uh, you know, he'd make a mistake or, or miss, miss something. And it was like instantly corrected. And you could tell the way just reading the body language and watching, watching that helmet and watching what he, you know, what he's doing when he's taking direction from these coaches, you can tell that he's engaged and he's focused. Um, you know, it's not one of these rookie situations where, you know, he's not paying attention or he's not keeping up with the flow of practice. So he, he's locked in for a rookie. That's, that's the first observation I had uh, of Lucas Van Ness. Um, and there is, there's some technique things that, that need to be worked on. And uh, I mean, that's a lot of what uh, camp is for, right? I mean, we're not going to come out there and be perfect. You know, we got to make these mistakes now and correct them. And so that's my initial assessment of, uh, you know, the Lucas monster. I think he's, uh, <laughs> I think he's uh, definitely uh, going to make a splash in his rookie season, to say the least. Pun intended, right? Can I ask, right? can I ask Tim a question, quick? Yeah, absolutely, Jay. About Luke. Um, so what I saw from just some of the clips that were. Um, out there they have that weird long green football that they use as probably just a, a get off start motion the dude off the ball he seems like he sets almost like a track runner and he'll if you notice he'll like barely touch the ground with like yep. his right hand i believe and then he resets and the second that ball i mean the guy is almost like he's off a starter block like i said during like a 4k or a 40 mile you know or a 40 what, do you, what am i trying to say the dash the freaking he looks like he's running out of a combine sta uh stance and he yeah. seems to get off the ball just with crazy quick speed. I saw a couple of the other edges do the same exact um, jump off, and it it was just way different. He looks like he is so quick and so parallel and then just shoots that thing so fast. Did you ever see that by chance? I did get a little glimpse of that uh, when I was on that side of the field. Um, I don't get the best view being outside the wire, so to speak, but yeah. um, I do my best to get my, uh, my camera in there into the defense links and try and get some shots. Um, but he, I, I did see what you're saying and what you're referencing. I, I guess what I, what I could say is it's almost like he's, he's like not set. It's like, he's trying, yeah. he's trying to push that rule as far, as far as you can. It's almost like Bakhtiari does, you know, on the offensive yes. side where, where he's just like, you're like, Oh, he falls started. It's like, no, watch the tape. He's that good. He's that quick off the ball. And I think, you know, on the defensive side, coming off that edge, like you said, I think that is Van Ness. And I, and I think if you look at the college tape, I mean, he was doing that, you know, last season. And there were, there were things that, you know, we see there that we're seeing now. And I think the coaches are just, like, honing those in and they're looking at cleaning up these other, these other uh, issues. I, I wouldn't even call them issues. I mean, to me, it looks like typical rookie adjustment, man. This is like – 
you know, like you guys alluded to before, we're, we're barely getting our feet wet here into camp. There's a lot of practice left and a lot of more uh, drills and things that we're going to see. But yeah, Jacob, I did get to see a little bit of that. And uh, impressed is an understatement for sure. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, U.S. Cellular customers? I've got good news, so don't hit skip, at least not yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What is Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks. Like $1,200 off any phone, plus $300 off any tablet. No, I didn't just misread that. They must really like you. Us Days at U.S. Cellular exclusive offers just for you, just to say thank you. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get $1,200 off any phone, plus $300 off any tablet. Terms apply. You know, in the hobby, it's not easy of being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We always hype ourselves up thinking we're going to get some kind of a mint signed Jordan Love card or something. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, is all just a shot in the dark. That is until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, I finally feel like I know what I'm getting. I don't know if you saw the video me and my son did. That was us on arenaclub.com looking for new cards for my kid. Still on our YouTube channel. You should check it out. They have an incredible website. Slab packs are way better than mystery packs. Immediately after your pulls, they put your cards safe in a vault. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club's got the card collection platform that you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. That is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times bestselling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage. Host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of Borders, Language, and Culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. That's awesome. That's good stuff. You know, I, one of my favorite podcasts is uh, – 
Ross Tucker football podcast. And more specifically, we have Greg Cosell on. You guys know Greg Cosell's worked at NFL film since the 1970s, right? Um, and uh, one of the things that he asked Ross, so they were they were actually talking about prospects way back, you know, before the draft, and not specifically with Lucas Van Ness, but just talking about players having that quick twitch, right? Getting off on the on the line of scrimmage. And he said, Ross, you know, let me ask you, you played offensive line for, I think he said six different teams, whatever it was. He listed out Ross's stats. You guys don't know, Ross Tucker was an offensive lineman, right, in the NFL. He said, how how important is it to have that, that first step, right, that quickness, that first step? And Ross said, Greg, it's everything. He said, a player can have little to no skill, but if they have that first step, they can play in this league. A player can have every other skill set, but if they don't have that first step, they're owned. We we never worry when we watch tape, when we got you know prepared for another team, prepared for another defensive line, off-ball backers, whatever it was. He said, we watched that first step, and we knew, got to watch that guy. Right, don't worry about him. He's slow. Like, it's it's everything. So when you talk about that 40-yard dash, you know, people will hear the 40-yard dash, and I don't put as much stock into it as most people. But when people hear about offensive linemen running 40 yards dashes and, and edge defenders, it's like, well, you don't need them to run 40 yards. They're you know, five yards from the, the you know, the player they're going to block. They're, you know, whatever, two yards from the player they're going to block. They're five yards from the quarterback they're trying to get to. What, what does it matter with the 40-yard dash? The reason the 40-yard dash is so important is because it, it really gives you a good gauge. And if Jake's in the chat, I'm sure he can confirm, um, who watches a ton of tape and does some scouting himself, it, it determines – it kind of tells the tale of how quick are someone's feet. How quickly can you get the next step on the ground planted and move into the next step? And that is crucial for offensive linemen. That's crucial for edge defenders. It's absolutely huge. And, of course, we know Van Ness absolutely shredded the 40-yard dash and, and every other measurable. I mean, what was his RAS? It was in the nines, right, uh, right Jacob? Am I thinking right? High nines, yeah. He was yeah. a high nine guy, I believe. And Ryan done – I think Ryan pointed out on one of his podcasts, I wish I knew the exact statistic, but he said that there, there's only one player that had a combination of two of those measurables, right? And in the history of the game, in the history of the combine, only two players, I believe he said, had those two measurables that stacked that high. And I can't remember what the exact measurables were, whether it was a 40-yard dash and a vertical or whatever, but the other one was Nick Bosa. So it was Nick Bosa and Lucas Van Ness. And that's like, okay, when you start getting into that rare of air, right, with specific things like that, you you got to step back and go, okay, this might be a little bit different beast. Now, listening to everybody's camp updates, it sounds like he's running with the twos and threes, right? So it's like, why isn't he running with the ones? I think that's a good thing. Give him some of that humble pie. You know what I mean? Make him work himself all the way up. As a first-round pick, sometimes you come in with that attitude like, okay, I've already earned it. No, make him earn it. And it's so cool because what, what you're saying, Tim, it seems like he's coachable. Everything we heard coming into the draft and, and out on the other side of the draft was his teammates loved him, his coaches loved him. He's the hardest-working guy in the locker room. For God's sakes, he's called Hercules for a reason, right? Um, I think it's, it's all melding together. I wouldn't be surprised if by the second or third week of camp, right before we get ready for that bye week before week one of the regular season, all of a sudden he propels all the way to the top and he might be that opposite edge rusher, you know, opposite Preston Smith. And it's a good problem to have if he's battling with Hollins and, and Enigbare there on the edge. Right. So um, anything else stand out to you, Tim, as far as from camp, man, anything, you know, I, I heard uh, Andy Herman talking about his camp uh, day one 
players, you know, players of the day, I think is how he worded it. Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell. Um, I know Jordan struggled day one, but it sounds like day two he came back, bounced back really, really nice. Did you get a look at Jordan at all? Um, I'm going to be honest. No. Um, I've been consuming uh, the content that is in the Twitterverse uh, because, I, like I said, I've been so focused on on this D-line and these edge guys. Um, you know, I didn't even watch safety group as much as I wanted to. You know, I didn't get to see much of the secondary and safeties other than the drills. But, uh, you know, as far as standouts to me, you know, I, you know, Quay Walker's my guy. Right. And, uh, you know, I had my eye on him and just watching, especially day one, was uh, he had a presence about him out there, uh, all business. And I think, you know, I had speculated on this maybe a month ago. I, I think he's matured in this offseason. And I think he's taking a slightly different approach to his game and to how he practices and how he works out and, and where his focus is at. Because, man, him and Devondre Campbell were, were winning every single one of those uh, strip drills on the on the tackling dummies. And, you know, to be standing 10, 15 feet away watching it is just, it's just incredible. And uh, so Quay kind of stood out to me. Um, he looked more poised. He looked more confident. He looked, you know, ready to roll. Um, so that, that was definitely a, a, a standout. And of course for Sean Gary, I don't know if you saw any of my, I got a little clip. I was hanging out with Matt Ramage for a little bit. Shout out to Matt Ramage. Um, uh, I didn't want to bogart too many of his good shots of, uh, his buddy Rashawn, but, uh, I did get a video of him doing some work and the difference between day one and day two is just night and day man with him. Like they are not, uh, it doesn't seem that they're handling his rehab with kid gloves at all. I'll tell you that. So that, that stood out to me too, that do not doubt that, uh, Bane Gary will be back week one. I mean, <laughs> if anybody can do it, man, for, you know, this is a huge matchup, man. This is, you know, week one in Chicago Packers bears, man, you Me know, too. this man wants to play. Yeah. And, uh, so just to see that was really cool too. So that stood out as well. Ah, it's awesome, dude. It's all, if he's if he's running out of that tunnel week one, man, I am going to be. Oh, oh I, it's, <laughs> I, I want him harassing the absolute hell out of Justin Fields. That's what I want. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, brother. Well, Tim, we can't thank you enough for calling in, man. This has been awesome, dude. It's so cool having boots on the ground there. Appreciate all the messages you've sent me and just the little inside, you know, information that you're you're kind of getting there on the sideline, dude. It's so cool living in Green Bay now, isn't it, man? Man, I tell you, it. I drove two hours to go to camp last summer, you know, back and forth from Milwaukee and to, to be like 10, 12 minutes away is just <laughs> it's awesome. it's something that uh, I'm getting used to and uh, I'm going to like getting used to it. So we got to we got to get you guys up here for camp, man. Got to get Jacob over here and get get you up here one of these times, Clayton. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, uh, Mandy's been all over me about it. And, and several people reached out on Twitter. They're like, why aren't you up here, dude? And she was she literally had – I was telling Jacob, she was like, look, we can fly into Chicago. It's just a three-hour drive. I'll get us a rental car. And I'm going, Mandy, stop. Like, <laughs> chill. All right? This is like my busiest time of the year. But she knows, dude, it would be so easy to talk me into going to camp because I just want to come up there and, and experience it. I haven't been to training camp. I always like to go up in the dead of winter and watch the snow fall and, uh, and just kind of take in that – Really, right before Christmas is when I like to go to Green Bay. But sure. uh, I would love to make it up for camp, dude. Sitting around, hanging out with you guys, and going to nineteen nineteen kitchen and tap, and and uh, 
grabbing a cold one would be absolutely awesome. Um, anyway, all right, man, we appreciate you, brother. Um, it, it always uh, it means the world to us when you take time out of your day to hop on here, dude. Thank you so yeah, much. It means the world time. to me for you sending the link and uh, you know letting me be a part of this. Love what you guys are doing. I'll always support and uh, I'll do my best to uh, to get some good shots uh, tomorrow at practice and get get as much intel as I can. Nice. Well, see if I can slip a microphone underneath the fence or something, you know? <laughs> no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You're gonna get you're gonna be like Big B out there walking around with them fake mustaches, trying not to get kicked out. <laughs> I um, could have swore I saw Mark Murphy looking for him the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Murphy. They said he picked a switch, Jacob. He was walking around with a switch looking for Big. <laughs> Somebody needs to Photoshop that. That needs to happen. Um, Cody, well, we're going to be going live again same time tomorrow night. I'm going to have Mike Wall on tomorrow tomorrow morning if everything goes according to plan. We're going to be breaking down some O-line tape. And then tomorrow night, if you'd like to, if you're free, make sure you check with the missus. But when you see us go live at the same time, 7 Central, 8 Eastern, um, feel free to hop on, and, and we'd love to get your take from, uh, from, uh, from what will be tomorrow's camp. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it, Clayton. I will Time. be ready to roll. And uh, you guys have a great night. Jacob, take care, brother. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate All it. Right. Thank See you, you guys. Yep. Bye. All right. That was love Tim in Green Bay. Boots on the ground idea. for training camp. Dude That's is awesome. awesome, man. Love him, love him, love him. Um, day two, Jacob. Let's talk about it. You know, it's so cool too. That like Tim went up there with a purpose. He went in there like with a game plan. I want to. I want to look at this defense, yeah. right? And it, it's so funny because the national media, everybody else, are all focused on Jordan Love, right? Tim's up there going. I know exactly what this season is going to come down to. If we got a strong defense, we're going to have a successful year. I'm going to go over with Jerry Montgomery and get right on the fence. And and I know that because let's just say I know that. Okay, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, he had some really really good uh, vantage points, and I mean to the point where he's he's almost standing right next to Jerry Montgomery while they're doing defensive line drills. So really cool stuff there. Um, always appreciate Tim and Green Bay. Now. They said day two, Jacob, the standouts, according to Andy Herman, Jordan Love, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, and Isaiah McDuffie. Jaden Reed gets me fired up, dude. And I know you recently watched an interview between Steve Smith and Jaden Reed. Um, let's talk about Jaden Reed for a second, if that's cool with you, man. Maybe what was your takeaways from that interview? And then also anything that stood out to you when it comes to Jaden Reed uh, in camp so far? Yeah, man. It's a great interview. Like I said, today was kind of a, a very light walkthrough jog practice. There was very little coverage, maybe like some punting. One thing I will say real quick before we get into Jaden Reed, uh, there was some real scare out there yesterday because apparently Jair went down at the end of day two with what we're looking like was a cramp, a cramp situation. Just it's been hot as like we talked about all, you know what, out here. So um, the good news is that I was watching Boz's recap today. Boz decided that he, he didn't have a lot of video to show, but what he did show was that Jair and Shamar Jean Charles were having dance-offs to the point where you're watching whatever these moves are, man. I don't know if you call it like the sea walk or the, I don't know, but Jair, he's not out there doing the honky tonk. They were out there doing the honky tonk stomp. That's what it was. Yeah, it was a honky tonk stomp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, watching that man, how much fun and the way that his body was moving, he, he's not hurt. He's not injured whatsoever. So that is a absolute bonus takeaway uh, for that. But yeah, man, the Steve Smith, Steve Smith interview, I believe it's called like cut up or he's got a, his own podcast. Um, and it's really honestly kind of insightful because he typically will interview wide receivers and he has a really in-depth insight and in what it is to be a, like, not just a, 
decent receiver. Steve Smith might be one of my favorite NFL players of all time. I mean, the oh, guy was just – man. And for how for his size to do what he did in the NFL and to command that type of respect, I mean, and he actually went into it with Jaden Reed, and he's uh, one of them asked the other said like, "What is the mentality?" I think Jaden Reed actually asked him like, "What was the mentality that you had to have going into each game like that?" And he said, uh, "What I thought I, I should I should back up." They he asked, "What is the biggest lie you tell yourself?" Which is a crazy good interview question. Yeah, because for a minute, Jaden Reed was like, oh, man, and it took him about three minutes of kind of contemplating around. And then all of a sudden it hit him and he goes, I tell myself I'm a good blocker. And then uh, they kind of both start laughing. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, I he goes, I, I am a good blocker, but it's only when I really want to be or when I try. Apparently, um, let's just get into it. So Jaden Reed, a lot of really great little nuggets in that interview. Specifically, he said he had a, um, a top 30 interview with the Bears where they really went in depth, started talking some stuff. Apparently the Bears coach asked him, what's your best game that we can show that you're a blocker? And he just randomly apparently just said, I watched the Badger game. Apparently the coach brought up the film and oh, showed no. him, watched him the whole game and said, you didn't make one block this whole game. Why did you say that? And he was like, honestly, I don't know, man. Like, I just panicked and told you something. And then he backed up and he was like, well, uh, why did you tell me again that game? And he's like, man, I, I, you know, I kind of freaked out, you know, whatever. He was very honest and humble about it. Apparently he won the Bears over a little bit more in that interview where he thought like he had a chance uh, to be drafted by them. He also um, admitted that he did not believe he was going to be taking, being take been taken that high in the draft that he was thinking he was more of a third, fourth round guy, but the only hope that he was told by his agents that he was going to get drafted so high was going to be at pick 55. If you guys remember, we picked him at pick 50, I believe. And pick 55 was the Detroit Lions. He's a Michigan guy. I didn't realize that he was actually born in Chicago. He spent the first 16 to 17 years of his life in proper, like, east, west Chicago, wherever it was. After around that time, his parents realized, like, we got to get this guy out of the out of this place. So they took him to the suburbs. He then got his first shot to go to the college level at Western Michigan. At Western Michigan, he did his thing, worked his butt off, um, went into the transfer portal. He had to sit a year when he did the transfer portal, and then he played, I believe, four different years at Michigan State. While he was at Michigan State, the guy graduated with two bachelor degrees. He graduated in December of 2021, I believe, with a business communications degree. And then the next year, he graduated, went back to school, had that extra year of eligibility, and then <clears throat> he uh, finished a degree in human development. So he's not hes not a dummy. He's not just an athlete. The guy is a very, very well-skilled machine all around. And <laughs> uh, it was interesting because they Steve Smith went in on a little bit because um, apparently they were supposed to have the interview at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And for whatever reason, Jaden didn't, <laughs> didn't think that he was in central time for whatever reason and ended up you know not getting there long story short steve gave him a bunch of you know what and uh but it made for a really good interview it's about 40 minutes long he talks about a lot of really interesting stuff a lot of it's a little you know stupid it, they start the interview for about the first five ten minutes and it's very generic very whatever but um the only other thing or i should say the biggest other thing that i took away from that interview Jaden Reed told him that when he went to the combine, he had such a bad eye infection that the doctors told him probably don't want to go and, you know, test right now because you can basically not see out of that eye. So he went anyways, literally said, like, I'm basically blind in one eye. So, I mean, imagine trying to go run the 40 yard, 
doing your your vert, doing anything when you can't see out of one eye and trying to even pretend like that you're at 100%. I mean, it doesn't sound like something that's, you know, it's not like you're missing an arm or a leg, but missing an eye. Go like this and then try to be an NFL player. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, not yeah, going to work. So Good stuff, dude. Good stuff. I need to check that interview out. I caught a couple clips here and there. I like Steve oh. Smith a lot. He's no BS for sure. Yeah, he also um, said this is the only other thing. He did not expect to get uh, drafted by Green Bay. He said that he had a total interaction with Green Bay of two Zoom calls. That was it. Oh, so that wow. maybe lets you know, like what the what the whatever Green Bay is doing in their back office, they must know. You know, they must they must dive into a lot of different things than just. And the fact that also he <laughs> that he didn't have um, that last year really really excelled. They look back at 2021, 2022 at this earlier stuff, and then they probably mm-hmm. had those two Zoom calls. And I'm guessing they probably saw this dude's mentality, his integrity, his humbleness. Uh, his work ethic because he that does come through a lot when you talk to this young man he's very very he just seems like a good person good stuff man good stuff jonathan in the chat says are we live i don't know jonathan are we is that a shot at me john (laughs) i didn't cuss this time (laughs) hey that would be a good kind of a backhand backhanded comment there all right we got emilio in tennessee emilio can you hear us buddy how you doing i got you fellas how are you oh we're doing great man doing great dude we're just over yeah, here geeking out a little bit over Jaden Reed, you know. Um, he uh, sounded like he flashed there in day two of camp. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but he had a jet sweep touchdown, also had a touchdown catch. He was all over the place. So you can really see his speed on the field for sure. Um, what do you want to talk about tonight, Emilio? What's on your mind, Bo? Um, Well, I was just thinking, I mean, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to that uh, podcast you were talking about. I'm going to have to check that out. But um, for, uh, you know, for Jaden Reed and the team, I'm, I'm excited for where they're heading. Um, when I was in, you know, high school growing up and stuff like that, we, we called it stacking 24s. Um, but, you know, every day is 24 hours and you stack those day after day. And I think that's what that, you know, this team's building for, um, you know, just grow together as one. And, and I'm excited. I, I know it's only two days, but, uh, you know, can't wait. Yeah, it seems like they're gelling really, really well. I mean, it, you know, like like I was talking about, you know, Devondre Campbell kind of coaching the offense along as they're doing their – their uh, calisthenics for losing the the offensive defensive battle for the day, um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know, man. It, everything that that I've seen come out of camp, though, it's it's been high energy. It, it sounds like Coach Lafleur is a different man this year, right? He's uh, he's kind of coming in with a different approach, which reminds me of when he first got hired. I always reference it. The thing that stood out to me first because you've seen him, you know, Coach Lafleur looks like this, you know. This pretty boy, hey, look, is he, you know, is he going to be hard-nosed, whatever? And they said that first camp, one of the very first practices, Devontae Adams fumbled. He blew the whistle and screamed at the top of his lungs, if you do not protect the football, you will not play for me. And that was Devontae Adams, he said it about like. he. I mean, he was getting the message across. Now, we all know one MVP, two MVPs later, it seemed like he kind of started to chill out a little bit and go along with the whole relaxed crowd. Now – now the gloves are off, it sounds like, man. I'm excited about it. You know, I heard – I believe it was – it might have been Jason Wildy talking about, you know, it, it seems a little high schoolish making them do calisthenics for making mistakes and, and, and losing the offensive-defensive battle. Um, he said, but, you know, that might be what they need because these guys aren't too far removed from high school when you think exactly. about it. Right? <laughs> Good stuff, man. Is there any player that uh, that's kind of stood out to you so far, man? Anything in camp before we let you go? Uh, just, just Devonte Wyatt. I would say. I mean, he he moves so fast for how big he is. You know, I, I mean, I wish I could move that fast. You know, but um, 
it's uh no it's gonna be a good time and i'm excited for where that defense will go and it's just uh it's it's exciting for sure but i mean i, I do like that they're getting after each other because i mean you kind of need that once you get playing and you know you're, you're practicing they're in the locker room with you but you you want to push them you want to get after and i'm glad that you know matt's pushing that this year so that they can get each other better as they're growing so big learning curve and you know good time no doubt about it, man. Devontae Wyatt's going to be huge this year, dude. If if he comes out and has a solid year, this this defense is going to be much better. You know, him eating up some of those reps that, that Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed had. And, and I don't think either of those guys played horrible. I really don't. But when you see Devontae Wyatt on the field, he flashes, man. His strength, his speed, everything. Um, you know, he's he's obviously more of a pass rusher than he is a run defender. But like we had talked about with this Joe Barry defense and the way that they're approaching it, Ryan has done an excellent job. I'm sure you guys have listened on his podcast. I think it was Packer Net After Dark. Just kind of, you know, fielding calls about this defense and just talking about how the it, we talked about this last offseason. You know, Greg Cosell talked about it over and over and over, and nobody wanted to <clears throat> wanted to hear about it. And, and what he was saying was Greg Cosell was saying it's it's blatantly obvious that NFL defenses are willing to give up the run now. They are, they're literally saying, run on us. Go ahead. We'll, we'll give you that, that run. We'll give you that run. We're not giving you the big play. You're going to have to use every inch of the field. It's going to have to be a 10, 12, 13-play drive, and that's what it's going to take. And then when you get in the, in the into the red zone, the field's going to shorten, and we're going to get a stop and hold you to three. Like that's, that's what the NFL defenses are doing right now. And I know it's frustrating when we see that they're giving up six yards of carry, right? And, and that's not part of the plan. Don't get me wrong. Joe Barry ain't going to the meeting going, guys, it's okay to give up six yards on, the, on, on first half, <laughs> right. right? But you could tell that that's their, that's their approach. And, and, and like Ryan pointed out, you see them year in, year out. What are they drafting? What did they draft last year? They drafted Devontae White, excellent pass rusher on the interior. They drafted Quay Walker, which we all talked about, and we still think it might be a factor this year. Someone who can play stack backer, but also rush off the edge or mug that A and B gap like we've seen last year. This year, what did they do? They went Lucas Van Ness, another edge rusher. Like they're focusing on playing a quarters coverage, right? Kind of that that preventive style defense and getting after the freaking quarterback, and we'll give you the run. Now, hopefully, the run defense gets better this year, and I think it will. It will come into play with Devontae Wyatt, and he's going to be a big reason why it does or does not, you know, get better for sure. Jacob, you got anything for Emilio before we let him go? And I just was going to maybe comment on the fact, I'm not sure if you guys heard that um, the injury bug that we were kind of worried about right away. It doesn't sound like it was that bad. Um, like Caleb Jones, uh, Moore, Carpenter, they're back, I believe, today or last uh, yesterday because they were, it was just an illness. It wasn't like an actual hurt, you know, type deal. But, um, yes. There was an incident apparently with um, Tay Wicks where he went across the middle, collided with Innis Gaines. It apparently didn't seem too crazy, but apparently um, he did end up having a concussion. So he is now in concussion protocol, apparently. Um, that was Andy Herman uh, reported on that. So, But when you look at the actual breakdown right now of who is not at camp because of injury, all we're looking at is Grant DeBose with a back issue, Wicks with the con uh, concussion protocol, Stokes obviously, and then Gary. All in all being said, that's a pretty healthy team right now. So just thoughts on uh, – let's not jinx it, all right? Maybe we all, <laughs> all – right, tonight, we, whatever we got to do to, to take that away. But what do you think about us staying healthy so far and the key to staying healthy going in? Yeah, I mean, you got to stay healthy. That's number one. I mean, I, I've torn my ACL, you know, so it's 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 not fun. But, you know, it's it's coming back from that and, and just 
staying, you know, hydrated, stretching. It's all that little stuff that we did, you know, beginning of practice, but it, it actually means something when, you know, they're doing this day in and day out in the hot. I mean, out there today, it was 97 all day. I probably went through Ugh. two gallons of water mowing, you know, so it was, it was a toasty one. So it, it's just, you, you got to do it. You got to take care of yourself. It's the only way to keep going to get through, you know, four, three, four, five months of, of playing, putting your body through that. Absolutely, man. The old saying, you can't make the club in the tub, right? You got to, you got to, Got to be out there on the field if you want to make mm-hmm. the ball club. But hop in the tub, pop in the tub after practice, though, and, and, stay, <laughs> and stay healthy and then get out before, before the exactly. next day starts. <laughs> exactly. Milio, dude, it's always a blast talking to you, buddy. We appreciate you calling in. Appreciate you, Clayton. Appreciate you, right. Jacob. Thanks, fellas. Thank you, sir. Take care, man. All right, that was Emilio in Tennessee. Good stuff, man. All right, Jacob, we're at the 55-minute mark. John in the chat says, hey, guys, thanks a lot for sharing your knowledge. Keep on keeping on. We appreciate you hanging out with us, John, for sure, man. It means the world to us. Um, anything else? This this episode flew by, dude. My God. That was fast. That went really fast. You know how hard it is for me to not scream, Emilio, every time we get him? <laughs> the Mighty Duck Man. Emilio. <laughs> um, Love it. The only other um, thing I wanted to quick – Touch on if you got a couple more minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So when you looked at um, people really, like I said, even Ryan, which, you know, I get Mr. Positivity himself. He he said he wanted to see more out of Jordan Love day two. And then a lot of people said, well, Jordan Love had a great day two. When you look at his numbers, he was five for 13, two touchdowns and one interception. So when you look at that stat line, you're like, well, how did he have such a better day? Well, Andy Herman has a great little breakdown where he talked about when he individually looks at those the incompletions, he goes, I'm not mad at those incompletions. He was either leading a receiver and only a spot that that receiver could catch it. It was one where maybe he rolled out and he just didn't have another read. There was no other place to go with the ball. He made a smart move because if yeah. we always think like he, he's got to be five out of five or else he stinks. Well, no, maybe he's five out of 10. And the way that he didn't throw the ball five times are a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Right. He said he also, those two touchdowns were quite great. And then the one interception, I would argue it's it's just one of those freak plays like Ryan talked about where it was a tight ball right into Watson and it, it wasn't uh, initially what was thought was Watson kind of flopped it and kicked it right up into the air, which Devonda grabbed. No, it was Jair coming from behind, making a play on the ball, popping that thing out, and De- uh, Devondre made a great play. So when you take a step back, relook at those numbers, and I think that's a big – this year going into this, a lot of the – especially for the, um, uh, the review guys, the guys that watch the film – we really need to listen to them, listen to their insights, because if like Love's first three or four games, if he has, gosh, I don't know, if he goes 17 for 40 or something crazy stupid like that, or but what what do those reps look like? What did he do? Did he go through his progressions? How is his footwork? How was his release? Was he making the right reads? Did right. he try to force things? Was he, or was he playing a good ball and that was just the best possible? You know, because no matter who you are, you're Tom Brady, you're, you're Brett Favre, you're Aaron Rodgers. Some days are just going to be bad days and they're playing good defense. And it's whether or not you were able to make the key throws and the key times that maybe dictates whether or not you're a good quarterback, in my opinion. So, yeah, absolutely. Dude, I'm so excited for Chalk Talk this year. We learned so yeah. much last year on how to do it. Um, and, and this year it's going to be, I'm telling you, rapid fire, guys. I'm hoping the All-22 hits a little bit earlier this year so I don't have to wait later in the week because I will just use the TV cut-ups if I have to. Um, but the goal is going to be Tuesday. Immediately following – we have a game on Sunday. Then Tuesday's podcast, we're going to do Chalk Talk, the five key plays from that game, break it down, terminology, explain personnel, explain 
route concepts, explain blocking schemes. I'm going to try to get Mike Wall a little more involved in helping us understand, hey, what's the offensive line trying to do? That's what we're going to be doing tomorrow morning, Jacob. I'm going to have him on, and we're going to break down like six or seven plays from the Detroit Lions game in week 18 last year. Everybody, we we all – we all look at the PFF grades and we say, okay, well, the right side of the line has horrible run blocking grades, right? But how does that make sense with Aaron Jones averaging five yards a carry? We're going to explain how tomorrow. And it's going to be really, really good stuff. Mike's going to point out, I mean, it was the saturation I did. I mean, it was literally one, two, yeah, six plays. And I'm telling you right now, man, five of those six, the offensive line play was horrendous and and i'm not going to say that to mike we haven't talked like hey this is going to be the message to everybody i'm going to see if he comes away with the same thing when we watch the tape i have a hard time believing he's going to go no that wasn't the offensive he's probably going to go these guys stunk these guys because <laughs> it was bad man and there was enough blame to go around rogers had happy feet in that game held on the ball too long all that um but yeah they Let's just hope that right side of that line can get kind of shored up. And I think Zach Tom getting a full training camp at right tackle, which it sounds like he's in the lead, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's going to be huge to get those extra reps for him at right tackle. So, um, anything else you want to hit before we go, brother? No, man. I, like you said, we just got to stop playing musical chairs with our offensive linemen because let these guys just sit and play where they are. We're finally now with Bakhtiari as to hopefully where he's supposed to be. It was crazy to think that that one man had us jumble everything so much just to try to make up for that one position. So if we have that rock, that stable there, um, I feel like the other guys that really, like you said, you know, you're even guys like Jenkins, keep him at left guard. Let's go. Let him let him sit there and really, really hone it in. Let's get Runyon trusting what he does. Um, and then, yeah, at that right tackle position, man, it's either I mean, I have to think it's got to be Tom. Um, so yeah. let him let him play. Let's let him yeah. get really used to that one position. Let's get him the reps. Absolutely, and you got you got Yash as that that swing tackle, someone who can come in and pinch and play right or left tackle. Um, yep. Hopefully, Caleb's going to be on on the roster as well. God forbid you have two injuries at that position. If you do at that point, it's almost like losing the quarterback. It's like okay, yeah. you just do what you can do, right? You know that's just the the luck of the draw. Jonathan in the chat says, "I don't trust Steno." Man, hey, look, I I can't sit here and say I trust him either, Jonathan. Um, you know, it's it's going to be something we're going to have to see this year, man, because the fact of the matter is. The four-time MVP is no longer here. If these guys come out and this offense performs and they plays, then kudos to LaFleur and kudos to Steno, right? And if they don't, then, you know, like Ryan said, you evaluate the roster as the season goes on. God forbid you have the number one pick, but if you do, then, hey, look, yeah, that probably tells you that we don't have the right quarterback, and now you can go out and draft that quarterback. There's just so many ways this season can go, right? I'm not going to be surprised if they make the playoffs. I'm not going to be surprised if we win five games. That's what's the beautiful thing about this season. We don't know. And it's going to be a blast watching it unfold. You know, it really is. So, uh, all right, Jacob, let's get out of here, man. We're a little bit over on time. We never want to uh, abuse the time here with the listeners, man. We This this one flew by, dude, and we knew it was going to happen, man. Camp gets cranked up. Pre-season. Can you imagine what it's going to be like in season, dude? It's going to go by in two seconds. It's going to be insane. Insane. I was th- I was telling Ryan we might have to do a two-hour post-game show because it's going to be it's going to be nuts. Um, Especially, yeah. Yeah, now as far as the schedule, I want to pop this up real quick before we go. I'm just kind of looking at the training camp schedule. I noticed this earlier today, and it really got me excited as we put it on the screen. For those of you on the pod, basically they were off today. we got an open practice tomorrow at 1030 on Saturday. We'll have Tim back on, like I said, tomorrow evening with us to give us kind of a camp update. He'll be in the house. Then starting next week, this is what you got, guys. you got open practice, open practice on Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, open practice on Thursday, off Friday. And then Saturday night, we got Packers family night. I've been talking to Baz. 
we might have a way that people can, I don't want to say watch family night. If you're out of, you know, if you're like me down here in Tennessee, you know, you're out of the, out of the region and can't get it. We're just going to get really creative and just to stay tuned. I'm going to try to put a plug out there and get people pointed in the right direction. We might have us a little watch party or something that we can. Ass is good at that. He, um, he was able to kind of yeah flirt around <laughs> like, the lines last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of keep you guys in the loop with that. And then, uh, so it's, it's basically guys, we get through tomorrow and then next Saturday's family night, which I kind of almost look like a game night. You know what I mean? Cause everybody's in Lambo. It's, oh, it's yeah. kind of the closest thing to a preseason. And then the following, I guess it's uh actually, Friday. yeah. The yeah, following Friday is oh, going to be the Cincinnati gosh. Bengals, man. Preseason. <laughs> it's here, and, and Jake, if you better get ready dude. we're doing post game shows for these preseason games, bro. It's happening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm excited about it, man. All right, dude. We're gonna get out of here. Appreciate your time, Jacob. I know you uh you rushed home to make this happen. I appreciate it. We'll uh we'll hook back up tomorrow, do it again, have Tim back on. And then, of course the plan is to work Ryan like a dog. We'll have him on Sunday night with us uh to do the kind of the weekly recap and and get his take on that that more recent um practice that's coming up tomorrow morning uh for those of you listening on twitter youtube and on the podcast probably probably going to get it too late on the podcast but for those of you listening live right now or watching it later on tonight tomorrow morning um 10 a.m eastern that would be 9 a.m central it's seven o'clock his time we're having mike wall who's out in san diego is is scheduled to hop on if he doesn't make it i completely understand that dude's out there living life, you know, out there on the beach. And he said, hey, man, I'll hop on and break down some film with you. So hopefully he can make it. If that's the case, we'll see you guys at 10 a.m. in the morning. Have a little coffee and uh, a little coffee and offensive line talk with uh, with Mr. Mike Wall, former uh, Green Bay Packer offensive line. So um, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody's time. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. He set for Heineke on third down. Four-man rush. Heineke hit as he throws. It is ripped away by Devondre Campbell. And he's got plenty of green grass in front of him. Devondre Campbell picks six, Green Bay. Back to the pick. Yeah, everybody's covered. There's J.D. McKissick. There's Devondre Campbell. Watch him play this. It, it's going to be a little in and out. You're going to press inside like you're crossing. Bounce out. Reads it well. Eyes on the quarterback. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. Not just J.D. McKissick. Everybody was covered on the plate. We talked about taking a honeycomb, taking a honeycomb, taking a honeycomb, taking a honeycomb.